Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a neuroscientist, mental health and mind expert, best-selling author, and the host of the top mental health podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Dr. Leaf has spent the last 30 years researching the mind-brain connection, nature of mental health, and formation of memory. She was one of the first in her field to study how the brain can change with directed mind input, also known as neuroplasticity. Throughout her years of clinical practice, she has helped hundreds of thousands of people learn how to use their mind to detox and grow their brain to succeed in every area of their lives, including school, university, and workplace. Things that we cover today is her new book called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And we talk about what is mind management, what is the neurocycle, and how you can apply it in your own life. Fascinating, jam-packed episode. And you guys, make sure you have a pen and paper because there's some really, really valuable stuff here. Dr. Leaf has been on some of the biggest podcasts in the world, including Lewis Howes, Michaela Peterson, and tons of other ones. And she's a wealth of knowledge. I actually met her in 2019 on Good Morning La La Land, an interview show. And then I saw her on Lewis Howe's podcast. And I was like, I know her. And I put two and two together, reached out and said, hey, come on the show. And she did. So here we are. Um, we'll probably do a round two at some point, but we could only squeeze in 25, 30 minutes because of time issues. So we did our best to really give you a powerful episode. All right. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you do so wherever you're listening, subscribe or follow. And we're also available on YouTube. We'd love to continue to grow that. Also, this, this episode might be useful to go to watch on YouTube after because Dr. Leaf does have some props that she holds up. So it may be easier to understand what she's saying visually through YouTube. So that's an option. But if you guys do get value from this, please share it with somebody you feel needs it. Tag us on social media. It's really helpful. And um, also, you can always leave a review on Apple if you feel called to do so. All right. Enjoy the episode. Dr. Caroline Leaf coming right up. Dr. Leaf, thank you so much for coming on University of Adversity. So nice to see you again. And you too. Thank you so much. We had a little bit of a hitch, but we're here now. We yes. put our wires crossed somewhere, but we're here. That's the main thing. <laughs> yes. So I wanted to give a little bit of context for the audience is that we had connected a couple of years ago, I think it was three years ago for the first time on, on Dr. Aaron's Good Morning La La Land. That's where we first met. That we, I was trying to think where it was. Okay, yes. then that's a while back. So three years ago, before all the craziness. So here yeah. we are. That's amazing. Well, it's lovely to see you again because I was trying to place, place you. So that's amazing. That's right. Now I remember. Yeah. And I remember because we, yeah, we had that conversation and I remember, and then I saw you pop up on different podcasts and I was like, I know her. And I was like, and then I, and I started to look in and I was like, we're on the same show. So it's pretty cool. And I'm uh, so excited to dive into all, all your work with neuroscience and mental health, because it's a huge part 
of what I talk about in University of Adversity. And your book is amazing, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And it's it's really, I really highly recommend everybody getting that. It's a very thorough book, but I really love your approach. And yeah, and let's get right into it. We don't have a lot of time, but we'll just, we'll get a lot done in this short period of time. So we'll connect again. We obviously made two. You did it once, we'll connect again as well. So we'll get to what we can. Absolutely. It's exciting to connect again. For sure. All right. So there was something that I really found useful in your process, and that's the neurocycle. Now, I know you've probably talked about it a million times, but this would probably be the first time most have heard about it. And it's really interesting. You got a five-step formula. Talk us about the use of the neurocycle and how people can use it when they're struggling with with mental health and mindset, depression, anxiety, all of that? Okay, well, thanks. That's a great question. It's a good place to start as well. Can I jump two steps back and just say that the neurocycle is a system that drives the neuroplasticity of the brain. So if we could begin by just maybe quickly talking about the distinction between the mind and the brain. Sure. Then from there dive in because it'll make a lot more sense. For sure. And what the... Most of us think that most people, not I shouldn't say us, most people are from the current messaging that we get through media and so on, think that the mind and the brain are the same thing. They're, they're synonymous terms. And I mean, yeah, but a, a little model of a brain. And we are literally, uh, this is not our mind. Our mind and brain are separate. And this is not the old fashioned journalism. This is scientific journalism where the mind is a physical thing, but it's like gravity. You and I are not floating because of gravity. We can't see gravity, but we can see the result of gravity, which is we're not floating. And that's the same thing as mind. You can't see mind, but you can see and hear and, and, and experience the result of mind, which is in this particular example, you and I having a conversation. So mind is our ability to experience life, to have conversations, to have experiences, to have relationships, to deal with what's going on in the world around us, to experience COVID. In other words, your aliveness is your mind, and your mind can be literally measured with things like quantum physics, classical physics, electromagnetics, gravitational fields. And we can also see mind showing up in the embodied mind and brain through things like the technique, the technology I use, which is QEEG in my neuroscientific research and things like if you think of an EKG on a heart, if a person's dead, the EKG won't have a reading, QEEG won't have a reading. So the, thing that the reason for that energy that we are picking up on that technology is the mind. So the mind is giving life to the brain and the body and driving the brain and the body. And the mind is who you are. It's how you think, feel, and choose. So I talk a lot about mind management, which is managing the mind, because as humans, we go through adversity right the way from childhood, growing up, whatever, there's ups and downs, there's good and bad. But in average, in a, in a lifetime, more or less every three to five years will experience some pretty major trauma. So if you think of on a scale of one to 10, sort of seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, And then, but all of us are sitting around the one to five up and down daily struggles. So, and all of that is when I say experiencing that, that's, we experience it with our mind. So if someone argues with you or something happens or whatever, that is an experience that then is processed by your mind into the brain and changes the brain and builds experience. So with our mind, we build this conversation into the brain as a thought that looks like a tree. So there's a product of mind and that is the tree. 
and it's the and it's a structural change. It's not as this big, but it basically looks like this. So so all the words that I'm speaking now are basically a whole bunch of data, which are memories, which group together into a tree, which is this this podcast, maybe for the mind, brain, health, or mental health, or whatever. And that's what we do all day long. All day long while we're awake, we are building life into our brain. And we build about 8,000 of these a day, which is amazing. And we've been building these from basically a certain point in the womb. And sometimes we have a bad experience and we build a toxic tree. So it's both these trees that we build in the brain. And when I say trees, these thoughts, they look like trees that are made of memories, or made up of memories. The physical structure of these thoughts is protein. So they're made of proteins and chemicals. So they're real, they're real structural changes, as real as something like the COVID virus, which you're also familiar with. We know that that's a foreign invasion in our brain through our nasal, through the nasal cavity, and the immune system fights that. Well, that physicality is also in our experiences. It doesn't look like the COVID virus, but it looks like this experience is built into this tree form. So the root system is basically the experience, the original story. The trunk is the processing and the branches are how you interpret that. And then collectively the mind use builds this and then the mind works with the brain and the body. And then you show up in your emotions, what you say, what you do, how you see life, how your body's functioning, etc. So that process I want is that process of how we build life into our brain and our body and the impact, impact on our brain and our body. I wanted to understand what that was. So what is a thought? What are, what are memories? What are emotions? So a thought is this, memories are the data and emotions are one of four signals that these generate. So when I say we show up in life, uh, we show up with our, how we feel, our emotions. We show up with what we say and what we do. We show up with our bodily sensations and we show up with our perspective. And that's showing up is from here. So there's an invisible thread from those four signals to this, this thought tree. And if you track down the top part, it's going to tell you your interpretation, how you're viewing that, how you, so, and, and then the, let, me, let me give you an example. And the roots would be the experience. So let's say that this is a traumatic abuse from childhood or something, or like the Ukrainian-Russian war, what people are experiencing now, it's very toxic. So that then will impact how they feel in terms of safety, such if you take a war situation, take an abuse situation, impacts safety, relationship, all kinds of things. And that collective structural change, which embodies the, experience that the mind built into the brain and in the body, it goes in the body too, is a change in your cells, influences how we show up in those four signals. So this is a way it builds into a thought which produces how we function. So I wanted to know, can we take the signals, reverse engineer to find the interpretate the thought, and then break this thing down, deconstruct it from its into the interpretation, how it's affected us how we got there to the origin, the original story, the cause. And can we change what that looks like in the brain and therefore change our behaviors, emotions, bodily sensations, and how our body functions, et cetera, et cetera, and our perspective. And the answer to that is yes. I spent 38 years doing this research, working clinically for 25 years. I've practiced clinically. I've done research now for 38 years, a lot of behavioral research in the field with people in extreme situations. And I do a lot of clinical trials. So the book you mentioned, there's my most recent clinical trial summarized in simple ways and case studies and whatever. And there's different ways you can read. It's easy if you want to dive in, just get an overview and so on. So this, the neurocycle is the system that I developed nearly 38 years ago based on my initial research with traumatic brain injury 
learning disability, autism, dementia, that kind of thing, those sort of neurological things, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is from brain damage. I wanted a way to help my patients rebuild their brain and manage their mind because they would come with all kinds of those signals would be messed up, messed up emotions, messed up behaviors, et cetera, messed up communication. So I wanted to be able to say, okay, well, that's what we see. How can we track that back to the change in the brain? And then how can we fix that? And in the eighties, they didn't believe that could happen. So you taught people to compensate, you built alternative coping mechanisms. So you kind of ignored this and you built an alternative. But that didn't make sense. So I started saying, hey, hang on, because that doesn't really make sense because that means that that thing is still there and it's still dragging you down and affecting parts of your life and that kind of thing. And so I wanted to know, can I actually embrace this process and reconceptualize? Can I deconstruct and reconstruct? Can I reverse engineer the process? And the answer to that is yes. You can, from your signals, track to the thought and then you can track down and you can change it. So you can't change your story. You can't change what's happened to you, but you can change what it looks like inside of you and you can change how it plays out into your future. And that's what most people don't know. And that's mind management. And the tool of doing that is the neurocycle. So it initially was developed as a very therapeutic technique. And then I streamlined and simplified to the point where it's now in a book. And I'm not sure, Lance, if you're aware, I have an app too called the neurocycle app. Yeah, I saw that. That's great. I just looked at that today, actually. Amazing. So that then, it's like me giving you therapy. So it walks you through with audio and visual and takes you through this process because to rewire the brain doesn't happen in one neurocycle. It happens over time. So the neurocycle is a five-step system, all very logical. Your brain is very logical. You're very logical as a human. We work very systematically, very operational. We're not even aware of that, but that's how our mind, brain, and body work. So if you, if you align this very logical, systematic way that our mind and brain and body work, and you make it a conscious process, which is what I've done with the neurocycle, you can then get your mind, messy mind, under control with this internal wisdom that we all have. We have, we literally wired for love. That's what the neuroscience shows us. And we can then find these things that are impacting us and then change them. And that's what the neurocycle is basically doing. It's taking you through systematically. And if it's big trauma, so if you look at the skin, then I'll stop and you can dive in and ask me questions. I'm giving you a nice big picture. Sort Love of you. So if you think of a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten, as I said, is the big stuff. That's complex trauma. That would be very established, long, maybe right back from childhood, maybe early adolescence or early, whatever. Even pretty recent, you can have a really major, like the Ukrainian Russian war. Those people have got a lot, you know, there's a lot of this trauma in them. So, the, and it's complex trauma. So there is going to be an impact of that and we can manage that. Now, these humans are very resilient. And so what the neuroscience does is it actually activates our natural resilience and develops our natural resilience. And there's different ways you can use the neurocycle to do that. And the one is to deal with these big traumas, which are more established and a bit more, more impactful. And that's going to take you around five to 15 minutes a day, which is not, I mean, around 15, sorry, 15 to 45 minutes a day over cycles of 63 days. We don't rewire our brain in 21. We don't build habits in 21. We make change in 21, but it's not stabilized change. To make stabilized change, we need at least another 42 days. So the first 21 days, you do these five steps of the neurocycle for in the region of 15 to 45 minutes. Guide you through it in the book. I guide you through it in the, in the app. Then the second 42 days, it's only five minutes a day and you go through the five steps quickly. But the difference there is that what you'll do in that time frame. Uh, launched through the, the, the neurocycle helps you find the four signals. The signals are how you're showing up in life. So it helps you to stand back and 
track what are my signals that helps you to consciously and deliberately find the thought they attach to. As soon as that happens, this is down there. You pay attention to the signals. The minute you pay attention to the signals, you pull this up, you destabilize it. It takes you to this point of how you're seeing yourself and interpreting your life and the why and what's going on. And then it takes you through the process of tracking down to the roots. Each day, a little bit, as we know, habits build over time. Each day, this change is happening a little bit each day. By day 21, you've pretty much weakened this, destabilized. The energy from here has gone into rebuilding a healthier version. So this has got smaller and weaker, and I've built a replacement. But notice how small it is. I know this is what I can do. This is where I want to go. I may not understand why that person maybe abused me or why this has happened or why people do what they do. You never will. So you can't spend time trying to work out why someone did what they did. You just need to know, okay, I'm showing up because of what they did. Why? And sometimes we manage to get with those people and we get it sorted out, but most of the time we're not going to get that kind of release. So we have to move on. We have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, the uncertainty, but at least we know where our behavior is coming from. At least we know what this is. And that systematic process changed as it has weakened this thing. But if I stop here, I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to be very frustrated because I'm going to be triggered. Something will happen in the environment and I'll be okay for a while and then I'm going to be triggered. And this will be, I know what I'm going to do, but this is going to come back. So in order to make this really weak, I have to get to the point where I spend that extra 42 days. So neurologically speaking, we need to rewire. And then eventually I'm going to get by day 63, let's get all of it. I'm going to have this. So now this thing is tiny. My story can't be changed because it's happened. I mean, my story can't ever go away. I'm always going to remember what happened, but now it doesn't control me. I control it. So if I'm triggered, I'll have a remem remembrance. Notice how small it is, but this is now my new functioning modus operandi. And so that can be done. The big stuff you do over time, you can also use the neurocycle. And we made a joke just before we started because we had, we had different links to this interview and everything like that. We couldn't get hold of each other. And we did, which is amazing. Thank goodness we did. But I had to do a neurocycle. You quite right. You said to me, you had to use your process to maybe you doing the same thing. So I gathered awareness and I did, I went through the five steps, which are become aware of your emotions. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to get hold of Lance? What am I going to do? I produce this in, in France. I'm in here for 24 hours and I'm thinking all this. So I let myself acknowledge the emotions and the mess and the behaviors. And I could feel my body tensing and I could feel, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? I've got like another interview coming up. What are we, you know, we, we battled so hard to get this time because of my schedule. So I allowed myself to express that. And I ref so I gathered awareness of my emotions, signals, body signals, tension. I did the why I'm feeling like this. I quickly wrote down a couple of notes about, okay, I emailed you. I literally went in, I emailed you. I texted my uh, producer who's in Paris asleep, but I woke them up. And by, in, by that time, I, my, my, step number four is to reconceptualize. Okay, this has happened. What do I do? And I then sent you, you responded. I sent you another email and we got on. So in other words, I know that's crazy, but I got myself under, sounds a little crazy maybe, but that systematic process controlled my neurophysiological response. Hopefully you did the same thing. And it kept me calm enough that I could make a plan. There was no one around. I always have my producer here. I'm living in my studio without my producer. Here I am without a producer. You know what I'm saying? These are things that could, and this is a little thing. It's not like a world-changing thing, but I wanted to mention that because you can use the neurocycle in those moments too. Let's say you go out of here and you, your partner yells at you or you have a fight and you had planned a whole date night or something, and now you want to get yourself back under control, you can use a neurocycle quickly. So it can be used in the moment to get your mind right, 
acknowledging the mess, it's okay to be messy, but we need to manage it, clean up the mess. Okay, so that's a big thing. I love it because it's like those moments are the moments that make up our life, yes. right? It's like, it's the little decisions. It's like the hangups of the internet. It's the loud yeah. noise. It's the people. It's like, if we can control what we can control and use that and keep our awareness and we can, you know, really reflect on it, then, I mean, we move through that situation and then it doesn't spiral into a whole other thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because those little things, Lance, are the things that build. Yeah. And eventually you start to feel burnt out and overwhelmed and have hoping anxiety and depression as strong emotions. And then the current philosophy says as soon as you have those emotions, oh, you've got a brain disease, you've got a mental illness. And then that freaks you out and you feel even worse. We don't have to live like that. There's no scientific evidence that if you that any emotion is an illness, that any emotion is a uh, is a sign of a brain disease. What we can have is that if you do have a tumor or a TBI or something, you will because your mind uses your brain and your brain can get damaged. You can have those emotional outputs that go wrong. So you can experience you can have a TBI and you can feel depression. Mm. But it's not that the depression is because you've got brain damage. The depression is coming from the TBI. It's coming from the experience of the brain tumor or the um, cancer treatment. That's on the very physical side. But if you have a depression and you don't have any of those, the, 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 the cause is not a brain disease in your brain. Mental health is not a brain disease in your brain. Mental health is coming from life, mm. adversity. And everyone's freaking out at the moment saying we've got another pandemic on our hands. It's mental health. And we have to diagnose and treat, which is basically drug people. And label in and labels get you stuck. Meanwhile, it's not a pay. If, if, if you think of it, anxiety is triple. If anxiety didn't triple, Lance, I'm sure you would agree with me. I would be really worried if we weren't more anxious. We'd be weird. Yeah. Weird not to be anxious about a, a virus if we don't know what the heck's going on. When it started, yeah. we're not dying, and now there's variants and whatever. It's a better now, but there's still people dying. And so, if we, obviously, that, that, that you, you should have anxiety. So, emotions and those four signals are normal responses. Mm. Say, realistic responses to adverse circumstances. The more adverse the experience, the more we have the signals. And those signals are messengers. So, if we embrace the signal, which, and those signals, that, those signals come from the depths of our unconscious mind. And mm. our unconscious mind is awake 24 7. It's the most intelligent part of you. Is what's building life into you. 95% of what we do is we're not even aware of. We only build consciously build 5% into our brain and our body. So our non-conscious mind, just by virtue of being human, you are building life in. So your non-conscious mind, brain and body work together to say, hey, what's messing up Lance and Caroline's life? It's scanning and it's finding these and it's finding the most dominant. And then it's sending you signals through the subconscious into your conscious mind. And those signals are emotions behaviors, how your body feels, your perspective. And when you listen to those, you can see, okay, you know, these, these, and then you can see either it's a big thing from a period of time, or as you just said, the day-to-day -day stuff, which we don't deal with, and they accumulate. Little things can become big things. So, okay, I want to break this down just for kind of some takeaway advice for people. And this is the question that kind of came up to me because I was thinking, how am I going to, what's the best way we could give people and for me, I love it because you talk about awareness and I know I just wrote my book that's out in September and okay. one of the steps for moving through adversity is awareness. And when you, when I read that your book, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Cause like, it's so important. Right. But here's, here's what I want to ask you. 
is that somebody that's, let's say somebody's struggling with some sort of addiction or trauma, how does somebody, or what are some things that they can look out for or behaviors or feelings that is like, oh, okay, I may, like, I, there, there's something here because a lot of people aren't even aware okay. that there's a, there's something, right? Exactly. So exactly. how, how does somebody, like, what is something to watch out for that may be like, once they hear you say it, they may be like, oh, that happens to me all the time. That I behave like that. Maybe I should look at that. Like, what are some things that you can, you can think of for okay. people? Yes. Yeah. So quick, to quick, um, set the, set the answer up. Our mind is messy, our conscious mind is messy, and that's very normal because we are living each moment as a new experiment. We don't know what's coming up. We, we can predict, but we don't know. So good and bad happen, and that creates chaos. If we don't manage that messiness, we will do exactly what you've just described. We just keep going, and we kind of add mess to mess. And then there's a few good things that we do, and, and we do a lot of good stuff. That's how we, how we keep going and handle things, whatever. But then sometimes that messiness builds, it lowers our resilience. We all as humans are very resilient. It's not a set of traits. It's a set of actually being able to embrace the messiness of life and work through it. And that activates resilience. And then sometimes that those build up and there'll be some sort of a trigger. And that trigger of the, as we get in the messiness of life, we seem to be coping. And then suddenly something that could be major or could be minor. And it sets us off down a path that's like, wow. And now you know, there's more drinking, there's more, you know, dis distractions that were maybe healthy distractions are now becoming obsessions. There's intrusive thoughts that are consuming your day. There is a sense of hovering anxiety. So the, so in other words, what to look for, Lance, to answer your question directly is in the midst of chaos, we have this ability as humans to stand back and observe ourselves called the multiple perspective advantage. So I used to do this with my patients and you can try this exercise to find what the answer to the question you ask me, put two chairs next to each other and pretend, pretend you sit in one and that's your wise mind, your wired full of nature, which is in all of us, or insight, depths of wisdom, et cetera. We've all got that. And then the other chair is the messy you. So there's the wise you and the messy you. And what you're doing is you objectively say, okay, let's look at these four signals. What are my emotions? Okay, I'm really maybe very irritated or worked up or very maybe aggressive or whatever. Behaviors going to addictions, starting to drink more, starting to take any kind of drug to suppress the pain because the, those emotions are, are big. They're not just like at a, on a scale of one to 10. They're not just like one or two. They're big. They, they feel overwhelming. So look at the emotion, rank, label it, name it, rank it. How dominant is it? Then look at the behaviors associated with it. So just do this like sequential thing and then verbalize, right? right you know, say it out loud. Then the next thing is look at your, what has your body feeling? What are you doing with your body? Then the next thing is your perspective. And then from there, do what I said, trick, go through the, dive straight into the neurocycle, start there and in this objective way. And then you can start processing through and you'll find, okay, there's any addiction. Addiction, for example, is not a disease. Addiction is a coping mechanism. And so it's a behavior. It's number two of the signals. It falls under behavior. It's a behavior that we do to cope, to suppress because it numbs the brain for a season or a period or an hour or two. And, you know, that's like a way of avoiding. But eventually you get to the point where it's a volcano, thoughts of volcanoes. Think of thoughts of volcanoes. They are bubbling under the surface, they're dormant, but then they will erupt. And then they will continue to do that until they become extinct. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. 
you want to look at what do the eruptions look like. And sometimes they're just bubbling and then eventually they start to spew. So always look at the four categories very objectively, very kindly. Tell yourself, this is not who I am. This is who I have become because of. And I'm going to analyze these signals and I'm going to go down and try and I'm going to sequentially work through the certain empowerment. So what I showed is, and I explained this so clearly in my book, and there's lots of images and things too, to help people. And the app's great because it walks you through it. So what I showed with my research is that when you do this, you get things like that overwhelming depression, those overwhelming addictions, that overwhelming anxiety, the behaviors, et cetera. You get those under control by up to 81%. No drugs, no meds, no dietary changes, whatever, which are all very important. You need to do those. But initially, you've got to get the chaos under control because your mind drives it. So I hope that kind of sort of gives you an idea. I, I love it. That's amazing. Where can we find you? You got your app, Dr. Leith. You got your podcast. It's, it's the same title as Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, right? That's right. Yes. Great. Yeah, awesome. It's a beautiful cover too. I love it. So much. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> it's a what? great book. Highly Thanks. recommend everybody check it out. You guys make sure to go get it. It's very thorough. It's very, it's a powerful way. And I love, I actually love listening to it on audio because you got a very nice voice and it's a just a nice the way you the way you the, you teach it is is really awesome so oh, thank, thank you. you that's really sweet of you well people can find me on your asking me my social media handles on is dr caroline leaf and i'm available on tiktok so instagram everywhere <laughs> and um web page is drleaf.com and yeah there's the app is the itunes and all the places so amazing uh, I know it's been a quick whiz through. We'll have to do this again. And when you said your book's coming out soon, and what is that? What is the title of your book? It's called Mastering Adversity Unlock the Warrior Within and Turn Your Biggest Struggles into Your Greatest Gifts. Oh, that's lovely. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank and you. I'd love to chat you about that. So get, get, you, get you, we can finish this podcast <laughs> and you come on my podcast or something like that. We can continue the conversation. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Thanks, everybody. The information for Dr. Leaf's new book is down below in the show description in the show notes. Also her podcast. And yeah, check her out on social media. She's got amazing content and she's been connected on many, many podcasts. So you can go check her out all over YouTube or the podcast interwebs. All right. Let us know what you think. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Or if you want to check this out on YouTube for this episode or a further episode, we are available there as well. Much love. Appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.